Welcome into the Zags on 3 podcast. It is Wednesday, May 10th. It's finals week at Gonzaga. Zags on 3 is officially changing the guard. I'm Andy Bueller, as always, here alongside Kendra Andrews, who uh, head sports editor for next year with the Bulletin. And Kendra, you're going to be taking over the podcast. How do you feel about it? I'm, I'm excited. A little nervous. Big shoes to fill, but I'm up for the challenge. We're definitely all excited uh, to have you do that with whoever your co-host may be. Um, you got you have a rigorous audition for that tryouts. Put them through the ringer. Exactly. I got a couple people lining up for auditions, but serious boot camp. Got to see if their voice matches mine like nicely. You know, things like that definitely have to be taken into consideration. For sure, for sure. Well, we've got an, actually not a lot to talk about today, uh, just because it is officially hitting that time in the off season where literally nothing is going on. I've, if you look at the Google alerts for Gonzaga basketball, it like the most interesting one in the past week was Rem Bakamas cuts his hair. It's, it's breaking. <laughs> it's headline news. So it was, shout out to Rem, a friend of the podcast, who said he was going to cut his hair in the middle of the season and uh, for compliance reasons, didn't cut his hair. So finally that's done. Yeah, um, looks great. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it certainly went from Tarzan to uh, a little bit more civilized look. I think so. Um, a couple of recruiting announcements. Uh, Elijah Brown, the highly touted grad transfer from New Mexico, whose dad is Mike Brown, the assistant coach of the Warriors. Shout out. Uh, he picked Oregon over Gonzaga and a slew of other schools. Uh, so Gonzaga loses out on perhaps one of the biggest grad transfers of the offseason. Uh, many can probably point that to the fact that uh, at Oregon, they're losing essentially everyone yeah. from their Final Four team. And they're getting in, they have like a couple of high, highly recruited freshmen coming in, Troy Brown. Um, they got a young core, Peyton Pritchard, a young point guard. And He'll be guaranteed that starting spot, guaranteed minutes, um, and he'll really step into a leadership role there. At Gonzaga, not to say that he wouldn't have come in and started, um, especially just because of how, how impactful of a player he was at New Mexico, but not entirely sure that uh, he there would have been as many minutes to go around with, with all the guards coming in. You know, you got the Zach Norvells, uh, yeah. Josh Perkins taking a bigger role, and, and the likes. Exactly. You know, I, I mean, our starting lineup is kind of a question mark right now as to who they're going to fill in with, with Nigel leaving and Jordan leaving. But, yeah, we have some great guards coming who came off the bench this past season, Zach, who redshirted. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly not uh, any any reason to hit the panic button on the, on the Zags reloading for next mm-hmm. season. I think they're sitting in a good place, and I think they think that as well. Yeah. Um, but another 2016 guard chooses the Zags. There we go. 6'5 French guard, Joel Ayayi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We apologize if we just butchered that name. But well, this is my last Zags on three, <laughs> so, so you, you've got like the whole next year to like perfect uh, his name. Yeah, I'll I'll go up to Killian Tilly, who they went to the same high school. Did they really? They went to the same high school as each other. Uh, don't ask me the name because I I don't know, but um, it, I think I think having that kind of already like preset camaraderie with the two of them, that's definitely going to help uh, Joel come in and kind of have that that big brother aspect in Killian. So that should be good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so he will come in next year, class of 2017, again, a six, five guard. So, uh, you know, well, it's, 
it remains to be seen how he'll fit into the lineup, whether he he will or he'll redshirt. Yeah. Um, but regardless of that, uh, certainly a pickup that people were looking at. He committed pretty soon after he visited. Mm-hmm. He visited a couple weeks ago. Joel Ayayi reminds me of, uh, at least the name pronunciation on this podcast reminds me <laughs> of <clears throat> a time we'll never forget in, in the world of Zags on 3 when yes. two years ago... Uh, Adam Arak, who is now a producer at WUSA, shout out to Adam, a Bolton alum, uh, great friend of the podcast, uh, pronounced a, a newly successful uh, Jakob Pertl's name from Utah, pronounced his name Jacob Pocatel. Yeah. Um, it happens. <laughs> it, it'll forever go down in, in, in Zags on 3 lore, uh, and, and it's something that we've, we've had a, a little bit of fun with. Yeah. Um, but he comes in, 6'5 guard. Uh, will work his way into the class next year, um, and, sh- and should be should be a fun one to watch. Something something that we did notice about him: he's six five and only one hundred and sixty pounds. So, I mean, I think that possibly he might end up redshirting just because they're gonna want him to put on some weight, or he'll you know be doing it during during in season playing too. But that's definitely something that the Zag the Gonzaga trainers are good at getting guys to put on put on a little weight bulk up a little bit yeah put him through the travis knight program (laughs) yes yeah 160 pounds that's that's me yeah (laughs) and how tall are you i'm 5'11 exactly and six foot on a good day (laughs) 5'11 three quarters depends on the shoes yeah the doctor said that i will never be six feet so that that's been one i've had a pill i've had to swallow for a while but i weigh the same as uh joel so there's there's hope um I've got to I've got to bring up the fact that uh, was playing in the Rudolph Fitness Center late last night mm. and had a group of five. Yeah, we needed one more to play a three on three, and a guy who was shooting looks pretty athletic, about six three, uh, came over and joined us. Um, huge red flag, wearing North Carolina shorts. You know, it's it's one of those things where I just sat there and hey, look, to each is their own. But. Do whatever you want. Um, but I had a lot of questions because how do you get away with wearing, like, yeah. like I'm not going to sit friends, there and yell at you. But, but do your friends not say something as you're walking out the door? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there, there were a couple comments made. But he also, this, this poor guy, he also... Um, he switched off of uh, his guy who was similarly sized to him in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. And the guy who rolled off the screen um, to try to recover and switch was about 5'8". Yeah. He was right under the hoop. This guy takes two dribbles off two feet and just jams it. Oh. <laughs> and it was one of those things where we had to stop the game. Oh, and I'm, I'm not sure how that how that guy's doing this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know I certainly it would take me. That would that would single handedly deflate my graduation week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't don't see. That's why I don't play basketball. I love talking basketball, but I, I uh, our our next semester's editor in chief Jared Brown offered me the coveted position to handle our uh, intramural basketball team and and all of our teams, and I had to politely decline that. You don't offer. want to be like president of basketball operations, like a Bob Myers. You know, I told him I would draw up the plays, but I I can't be in charge of everyone because I just. You'll you'll crunch the numbers, I'll all the sabermetrics and the stats. I'll, I'll scout yeah. the other teams, but do not put me in the starting. Do not put me on the court, please. 
I will be like the last man on the bench, well, cheering on. Hey, I'll, I'll be the run back of the team. Hey, that's fair. As exactly. long as long as you know, the best part for the best thing for a team is for everyone to know their role exactly. and, to, and to embrace their role. I have embraced mine. Okay, I remember. <laughs> I remember what I was going to say about okay. about Joel. Okay. So Bring for it. graduation, and I don't know if this is the case at other schools, but uh, they send you an email, and it says, "Hey, you're graduating." Just to make sure that the school, that the academic vice president pronounces your name right. Oh, yeah. Here's a file you can you can like dictate your name, mm-hmm. and they, they'll hear it and know exactly what. I don't know if they have like an right. e- like an earpiece <laughs> that it just like re- like beams to them, or if they Something, if they're just like studying it the night before. But for Andy Bueller, I mean, you you really got to mess that one up. Yeah. Uh, or you have to, you know. It, it's not an easy one to uh, to flub. Yes. Um, but if you're if you're Joel or uh, you know Joel, send us an audio file. Please. Just send send us a file. Please do. Uh, it, it'll never happen again. I know. We promise. <laughs> um, and then it's problem solved. Exactly. Yeah. So so there's that. Uh, I, I I love the fact that they do that at graduation no. because theoretically you could just like say whatever you yeah. wanted. Yeah. Well, I actually <laughs> observed. I went to my sister's uh, graduation from University of Portland this past weekend, and I actually leaned over to my mom while they were calling all the names I was like this guy is great at pronouncing these people's names because like the accent like if it had like a Hispanic it was a, if it was a Hispanic name he got the accent perfectly or some I was like this guy is amazing like how does he know all of these names and they must be an earpiece or something like, yeah they're they're very good at their jobs yeah, it's it's a it's a far cry from my high school graduation <laughs> where uh, one of the vice principals was tasked with announcing all the names, yeah. and in the in the ceremony or in the practice, the walkthrough, she botched like fifty percent of them and was booed off stage. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, it, I felt well, I felt pretty bad. Hopefully, that looked, doesn't happen at your graduation. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Um, so, it's May. Yes. Next month is June. No, you know June what means. You know what June means. I do. What does it mean? NBA draft. That's right. Woo. It means Best NBA day draft. Of the year. There's going to be two Zags that are projected to and reasonably should be drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, get picked up by another team. Yeah. Uh, if if they're not drafted, but Zach Collins is uh, skyrocketing, continually rising on the charts. He's yes. he's uh, almost unanimously slotted at the number eleven spot to Charlotte, which is hilarious because <laughs> Charlotte is going to draft another. Uh, Seven footer, a skinny seven footer who can shoot, a la Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so NBADraft.net has him at eleven. NBA or Draft Express has him at eleven. Yahoo has him at eleven. Uh, looks like Zach Collins is going eleven. Yeah, <laughs> looks like it. That's pretty honestly. Like the tournament did so much for his his draft stock because. I mean, coming into the season, obviously, I think when he signed with Gonzaga, he thought that Shemit Karnowski wouldn't be returning for his senior year and he would be getting that uh, starting position. Obviously, that didn't happen. So he didn't play as much, especially in the regular season, as some... as he expected, as others expected of him. But, like, he obviously made the most of his his minutes. And, I yeah, it's... Yeah, absolutely. And like he was so efficient in the small yeah. minutes he played, you yeah. know, whether he played for a five minute stretch or whether he played for a 25 minute stretch, uh, he, he showed that, you know, all of that potential of, mm-hmm. you know, he can definitely step out and shoot. Yeah. He can 
a great interior defender. He had that two-handed block yeah. against uh, a gosh, lot of blocks. Northwestern was it? That's the tur- I feel like the tournament every game is just mashed together he, at this point. I mean, yeah, but I mean, he honestly probably had at least two blocks and like. Almost every single tournament game, I feel like. Yeah, no. It, it, every highlight reel had some, like, defensive Zach Collins play on it, so. Absolutely. So the NBA Draft Combine started in Chicago mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, May 9th, uh, and it'll go until Sunday, May 14th. Uh, Zach Collins is there on an invite. Nigel Williams-Goss is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Nigel is predicted to go uh, by NBADraft.net. He's predicted projected at 51. Um NBA Draft.net typically uh, loves their Zags. Um, so Draft Express has him at 54, which is a late second round. And I, I think that's generally where he was slotted to I go. I think so, too. Uh, I don't think there's been much movement there. And, and I also think that that kind of backs up why he decided to go this year. Yeah. Um, you know, based on the the argument of, like, you know, what else does he really have to accomplish beside a national championship? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we all know how hard it is and how exactly. not guaranteed it is exactly. to get to the national championship game. Yeah, we saw that this year. Yeah, so, like, what what's a 22-year-old uh, going to gonna gain by, you exactly. know, one more year of college? Exactly. And, you know, like, there's so many great second-round draft picks that are doing so well. And, you know, it's, it's hard at the guard position because the NBA is so stacked with so many amazing guards that it's, like, if you're a guard going in the second round, that's that's good. That's like not not that's not bad at all. And he could definitely find his his spot in the game for sure. Absolutely. And even though it's not a guaranteed, uh, you don't have a guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. a rookie contract in the second round. Uh, almost all, if not all, second round picks and do end up signing. Yeah. And so I mean, you look at guys like Malcolm Brogdon, who mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was picked in the second round last year. Let me fact check that. Yeah. Um, but he's playing uh starting for the Milwaukee Bucks yeah. he's, he's had just an unbelievable okay yeah, yeah. he's early second round yeah um, but still yeah no I mean a, a light comparison I think uh no, absolutely he, he's been he played for the Milwaukee Bucks this year and started uh had an awesome season uh mm-hmm. one of the one of the leader leading candidates for rookie of the year mm-hmm. second round pick guy and so yeah. he's someone who can do it all and I think the Virginia system a lot of people like to point fingers at, well, you know, this guy was just a system player, and and, yeah. he, and Virginia, you know, uh, you know, the people look at Syracuse guards like that, and oh, hey, you know, he, he just played the zone, so he he is not going to be as apt of a defensive player. But mm-hmm. with Williams Goss, uh, not as much of, you know, he's, he's not going to come in and just be a three point shooter, but yeah. he's, he's going to come in and be able to do a little bit of everything. I think so. I think he'll be a little bit of a playmaker, a passer, a ball mover, all the things, and. Obviously, he's a great shooter. Yeah, and can be a knockdown shooter when you need him. So that's uh, that certainly could lend itself to any second unit. I think mm-hmm. as early as next year. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on you know I think where you know the, the situation he gets in. Yeah. Um, and you know how it works himself out. Obviously, we got summer league um, and the summer likes. League. Yeah. So uh, both of those projections uh, are currently uh, still kind of. In, they're still kind of moving parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot can happen yeah. um, between yeah. now and and June when the NBA draft happens. Uh, but at the same time, let's talk a little bit about next year's team. There we go. Nigel Williams-Goss uh, and Zach Collins, obviously the key pieces that are gone. Yeah. Replacing them, you've got very capable, experienced uh, players. Yes. So uh, Josh Perkins, I think... 
people aren't really talking about him for next year, but he's one. I mean, he's one of the most experienced guards in the country Absolutely. at this point. I, I I don't think people gave him enough credit this season because he kind of got overshadowed by Nigel Williams, Goss, and Zach Collins and stuff like that, and Jordan Matthews. So everything was just on them. Are they staying? Are they leaving? And no one was really watching Josh and kind of like appreciating what he brings to this this team. So I think he's definitely going to be a huge part again for the team next year. Yeah, and it takes a lot for a guard uh, to be able to, or it presumably does, for to be able to start an entire season mm-hmm. where he started at point guard his entire uh, redshirt freshman season two, two seasons ago and starts next to Eric McClellan, dominant ball handler, um, he, they have that growth period over the entire year that crescendos with this Sweet 16 run. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, he uh, kind of hands over the point guard duties or at least, uh, you know, shares yeah. them, plays a lot more off the ball with Nigel Williams-Goss. And I think he really embraced that role and he was able yeah. to excel in that off the ball and, and his ability to be a knockdown shooter. Increase. Like we saw in the national championship yeah. game in the first half when they just weren't respecting him in, the, in transition and mm-hmm. he was knocking down long threes. Yeah. Um, that's something that he can do. He can also uh, run the show. And I think yeah. it, it, people are uh, people have uh, might have forgotten how well he did that uh, toward the end of his redshirt freshman season. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Zags are sitting fine with him at point guard. I think so, too. I think that, like you said, he's experienced at this point on like the Zags team looking at next year. He's the most experienced guard that we have um, besides Silas Nelson, but he's been coming off the bench. So as Josh has been a starter for the past two seasons, I think that he's more than capable of kind of leading this team into this next kind of, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a transition season next season, but I think that he's capable of taking that leadership role and, you know, running these guys back to the NCAA tournament. It could be, it could be a pretty fun brand of basketball too, because mm-hmm. Perkins is, is a little bit more flashy of a player yeah. than, than Goss and, and as a point guard than the Zags have really seen. And mm-hmm. when you look back at the last five point guards, um, he can make that no look pass. Yeah. He's an incredible, incredible vision, uh, open court vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who can make transition really fun. And not that Nigel Williams Goss didn't, but he was always so reliable as your, as your get a bucket guy. Yeah. Um, Josh Perkins, not necessarily. I don't think he's uh, he's that. I don't I don't think he, it, it's going to be ISO him or, or he's yeah. going to back down anyone. Uh, you know, at the end of the shot clock. But at the same time, uh, you, you you change, you morph as an offense, mm-hmm. and uh, and you start to assess where the pieces are around you. Yeah, I completely agree. So shaping up the backcourt, we talked a little bit about this on on the last podcast. But Jonathan Williams, I don't think he's officially announced that he's rescinded himself from the draft. No, he hasn't. Yet. Um, I think we can reasonably expect him to. Mm-hmm. There were some 100 and around 180, I think I'm getting that right, early draft entries. Yeah. So that's that's, <laughs> that's like included. That's not including seniors yeah. that have ex, that have uh, have uh, used up their eligibility. That's mm-hmm. early draft entries. So without hiring an agent, of course, you can uh, pull your name out of the hat um, before a certain date. There's a drop dead date, and I'm and I'm not sure when that is, but it's it's got to be coming up if it hasn't already passed. Uh, Jonathan Williams said he was going to test the waters, reasonably so. Uh, autonomy for for the players to give them the ability to go and see kind of where they're at. Yeah. Um, instead of kind of making us uh, leap of faith. Kind yeah, of like a sink or flow yeah. type of uh, type of scenario. So. Um, 
So I expect him to be back. I expect him to be back. I think it'll be really good for the team if he comes back. He was an anchor in the front court for us uh, this past season. His, you know, his defense is really strong, did a lot for the team. I can kind of see him and uh, maybe Killian Tilly stepping up into a possible starting role. Um, and them kind of being the the twin towers for the, for the Zags, so to speak. Um, especially with Shemek leaving and with Zach Collins leaving, you're going to need to have those two tall guys. And I think that is actually really important for the Zags if if Jonathan Williams stays because if they lose him, we're pretty small, honestly. We won't have we won't have a we don't have a true seven footer even if he stays because I believe he's like six six nine, nine. Yeah. six nine. Um, so we're losing two seven footers. And so I think it's important to have him and Killian Tilly to provide the length uh, for our team. Yeah, two, two guys who can play fast as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great luxury uh, you had as a team and with uh, Shemek Karnowski cementing the middle was that you could run everything through him. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a run-and-gun style of play. Mm-mm. And it might be different this year, especially with Josh Perkins at, at so. the helm, a guy who likes to push the tempo and who's good at it. I think it's going to be fast small ball. I kind of see that that's kind of, at least with like the guys that we have right now, that's kind of how I'm like seeing. Yeah, it'll certainly be a much different team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but J3, a, a lot, you know, a lot can be attributed to him. Without him, in a couple of those games in the tournament, I don't think the Zags would have been in the finals. I mean, yeah. against against Xavier, which was a blowout win, but he mm-hmm. had 19 and 8, and he was like the player of that game. Yeah. And he was just such an unsung hero down the stretch. He, I, the entire tournament, he he was like, when for me, from my point of view watching the tournament, he was like the MVP for Gonzaga throughout the entire tournament. I mean, he made huge plays, had... Great performances, scoring, rebounding—the things that don't show up on the on the stat sheet—he was all over it. So, so Kendra, what was your what was your experience like this year? Uh, not only covering this team, but as a student spectating for this team—kind of that blend. Because as student reporters, yes. it's it's such a it's such a weird dynamic. It really is. Where it's like you know we have to report news, mm-hmm. we have to uh, you know be objective in yeah. writing game stories and yeah. and that kind of thing be a member of the media you know obviously not cheering uh, you know being professional <laughs> yes. uh, but at the same time then you could you could be switched off of a game story um, not be covering on a night exactly. and be going nuts yeah. in the student section so it's 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 such a different it's, dynamic well I did not go to the tournament this year to cover the Zags um, our editor-in-chief Eden Lossie and our old uh, head sports editor Justin Reed made the trip over to cover them. And our Zags on 3 host. Oh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Zags on 3 host Andy Bueller, of course, made an appearance in Salt Lake City. Um, in Phoenix. Oh, 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 yeah, you did go to Phoenix. Okay, my bad. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was holding down the fort here for, for the sports section, um, and we, I will never forget, so first, when we made it to the final four, um, I I was watching the game in my apartment, and we won. And all of my roommates and I just take off running to the student section. We have like the dance party in Hemmingson. We hop in my friend's car, do a victory lap around the campus, hanging out the windows. It's crazy. Um, so I get a text the next, or a couple days later, um, when everyone's down for the championship game, I get a text from 
our managing editor, Meg, and she goes, by the way, we're doing a special edition paper for the championship game. So you need to be up here. I'm going to be up in the office at 10. Jared, our uh, uh, future editor-in-chief, former head news editor, he's going to be up here. Uh, Can you come and help? Like, absolutely. So we were working on this special edition paper from about 10 a.m. up until 4. When we all left, we're going to go watch the game. So we all go watch the game. We're cheering. We're screaming. Is is this for the finals? This is for the finals. Okay, so this is Monday night. This is Monday night. So, um, yeah, I... I don't know if I should be confessing. I skipped both of my classes to go work on this paper. Rebel. <laughs> oh, I know. So bad. Um, I go watch the game at a watch party. We're cheering. We're jumping up and down crazy. We lose. Everyone's crying. Everyone's, oh my gosh. I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, we lost. And then I stand up. I say, okay, guys, I have to go. They're like, wait, Kendra, where are you going? I was like, oh, I have to go finish a newspaper. So I had to turn off my heartbroken, like, totally biased, like, I hate North Carolina, to going back up in the newsroom and, and composing myself to to finish the paper. So it's definitely at, like, at, like, 10, at PM. like 10 p.m. until like 2 a.m. or something like that. So I've definitely learned how to you know, turn the switch on and off. But I remember one of the first, my freshman year, I covered a game at Santa Clara because I'm from the Bay Area. So Santa Clara is like an hour drive from my house. Um, and I was sitting on press row and I was next to all like this, this guy from the Warriors was there, a guy from like the Mavericks was there, all these like NBA scouts were there. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, like I feel really cool right now. And it was a really close game. I forget, I think Kyle Wilcher hit like a three to give us the lead with like 30 seconds left. And I had just, I totally forgot where I was and I just like did the biggest like fist pump like yes like ever and I was so excited and all these guys just look at me and I was like oh my gosh like okay like compose yourself like you have to keep it together for was that the game was that the game that Kyle Wilcher like dunked out the ex- like the buzzer so. and got yelled at because it was like a 10 point game and then he had to apologize oh I don't think so no no at Santa maybe. Clara oh maybe it was I just wasn't paying attention no, no <laughs> maybe well. but I, I I mean to long long answer to a short question but it's definitely hard to kind of like draw that line between being a fan and being a an unbiased writer but it's something that I've kind of like trained myself to to learn how to do yeah I, I think that the uh, something that the bulletin was able to do really well this year was really capture that student voice mm-hmm. where it's like you know okay guys like we're not pretending like we're these you know yeah. 40 year uh, you know journalists who don't who don't who don't like yeah who who don't who don't have a dog in the fight we're gonna give it to you objectively Mm -hmm. um you know we're not gonna shy away from reporting news yeah we are but at the same time we're gonna give you all these students perspectives of you know the final four run and have students really tell their story i think that's so important too because one of the things that makes gonzaga basketball so great is the student section and not just the students but the people in Spokane, the professors. I wrote a story on a professor who, for the past two seasons, two seasons has had the same game day ritual, and that's what makes Gonzaga so special. And like, we're such a small community here that it's important to show like this is what makes Gonzaga basketball Gonzaga basketball. 
Important also to note that despite it being a uh, quote-unquote small community, uh, that Gonzaga, uh, remember, did fill up its entire student section in in the University of Phoenix Stadium, and the crowd for that national championship game was split about 50-50. Yeah. It may be a little bit more North Carolina fans, yeah. uh, but but not by they, a huge margin. They travel. I remember, because you and I went to WCC last season together, and I remember the entire flight was... Zag fans, woman was making jewelry for the Zags. Everyone just comes out. Like, I was walking around Spokane and people were on corners selling t shirts for the Zags. Like, it's, I mean, our Spokane really does turn up for, for Gonzaga basketball. 100%. And we saw it this year. Uh, we saw it in uh, at least the year before I came to Gonzaga was when they got that number one ranking with Kelly mm-hmm. Olenek. And Shout I know Spokane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A dirty player. <laughs> Want to get into Quite that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we could. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, they obviously that season doesn't end in. Uh, uh, a happy moment with yeah. them getting upset, but then you it comes full circle four years later to, exactly. to this team and, and how the community really just exploded. Yeah. Um, on that note, the bulletin, in order to tell that story, the bulletin has compiled uh, all of its best stories oh, yeah. from the NCAA tournament run from the first game and the final or the you know the first tip from the game against South Dakota State yeah. uh, to the last time the Zags uh, left you know got off their bus uh, the morning after the championship game and were greeted by the Spokane community that really does show and everything in between all the stories in between from tournament coverage on the road uh, with the team to uh, stories of uh, faculty students on campus campus that's been compiled into a into a magazine yes it has a commemorative magazine that you will be able to get if you are in the Gonzaga community student faculty staff on campus this week so be sure before you leave Kendra when are you leaving I am leaving Sunday morning are you gonna pick up your I commemorative book beforehand? you have to you have to it's I mean, what is the ne- like? You never know. When's the next time you're gonna make a run like this? You have to get your memorabilia, and even though it didn't turn out the way we all hoped it would, but I mean, hell of a run. Yeah, absolutely. So the key part is guess how much this guess how much this magazine costs. How much? It is free. So there are a limited amount of them that will be handed out for free. Yes. One particularly at graduation. So if you're listening to this and attending <laughs> Gonzaga's graduation, be sure. Yeah, get one for your family. Be sure to pick up one. Yeah, for you, for your parents. Sibling. And do not miss the opportunity. We'll be on campus at the end of this week with all of these uh, looking to hand them out. So we're excited about that. Um, we wanted to make sure uh, that students had a, something that they could keep for the rest of their lives that reminded them of uh, this season and their personal experience with this season and, yeah. and tell them, you know, bring them back a little bit. So um, definitely excited to, to roll this magazine out. Yeah, I've seen the proofs of it and it looks very good. So without further ado, um, I will am signing off oh on Zags on Three. So Kendra, well, you know, it's 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 been a blast, and you you, you got to have me back as like a, just an estranged fan. Yeah, or I guess some crazy Alu- guy. just an alumni that yeah. like no one cares about. I got I got you. Cool, very cool. Um, so Kendra, 
best of luck uh, as, as uh, this torch passes to you, and, and I look forward to becoming a weekly listener. And I'll still, I will still feel equally as excited oh, every time I get the notification good. when the new Zags on 3 you being can, posted. I'll expect some texts if I mess up or something, be like, you totally just... Oh, yeah. I'm just going to unsubscribe and never give it another oh, chance. Good. Yeah. Thanks for the yeah. support. <laughs> yeah. With that note, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, look up Zags on 3. iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, Overcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, all the above. That way, you can get all the best episodes, uh, the newest episodes downloaded to your phone, mobile device, computer, wherever. (laughs) All right. Okay. Until next time. Until next time, which will probably be late August. (laughs) There you go. Zags on 3 is a joint production between Isaac Radio and the Gonzaga Bulletin. The show is produced by me, Andy Bueller. Outro music is courtesy of Gonzaga alums Matt Friedman and Ben Cavino. Special thanks to our station managers, Robert Perry and Sam Takizawa, who helped make this thing happen. 